Hey, whether you enjoy listening to Breaking Down Collapse or Building Up Resilience, I think you'll also really enjoy our bonus content on Patreon. Yeah, Kellen and I take 20 minutes each week to talk about the news that's happening all around us and Collapse as it plays out. We like to have a little fun with it, but also make sure that you're aware of what's going on in the world of Collapse. We look forward to having you join us there. The link to join us on Patreon is in the episode description. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. All right, Corey, here we are. We are about to dive into the details of the framework that we outlined last week. Um, excited to go through that, but maybe just a pulse check. How are you feeling about this podcast so far? So far, it's good. It's been fun. Um, the first podcast, Breaking Down Collapse, was really awkward at first, I think, to get used to speaking into a mic and all these things. As a matter of fact, um, we were talking about this the other day. <laughs> Our setup was in my basement right and it's unfinished like damp dark basement you could hear people walking around upstairs the furnace would come on it'd be super loud and we shared a mic and it was just a little it was a blue yeti or yeti blue tabletop mic and we would take turns speaking into the mic so when one of us would finish speaking the other one would then lean in and the other person would lean out um we've come a long way since that yeah, we had a lot of pauses, right, where you would say something and then you'd lean away from the mic and I would think about how I wanted to respond <laughs> and then I would lean into the mic and say what I wanted to say. Which a lot of listeners to that podcast didn't know that that was how it was because we did a lot of editing, right? Um, we run a program that takes out the pauses and it made it sound like we were just having this amazingly fluid conversation um, but really, each episode probably took about twice as long to record as the final product because it was awkward. We were trying to figure out how to flow in the conversation. When you're doing research and you're trying to present research, and, and I mean, in our defense, I think we really wanted it to come across um, organized. I think you and I work hard not to make these full of fluff 
um, and just chitter chatter and things like that. And so we really tried to get to the meat of things and make sure that that's what people heard. And I think we did a decent job. Um, but the upgraded equipment that we've got, right, the cameras, the ability to do this in a studio and all that, um, I do think it'd be nice to make a quick plug for our patrons and for our Patreon. Um, I don't know if we've done that at all in this podcast yet, but um, it's our patrons who keep us moving forward, keep us progressing. Um, we really appreciate them. We do a bonus episode every week. It's an extra 20 to 30 minute episode that we do based on current events and what we're seeing in the world articles, um, just discussion on what life, what's happening in life uh, around collapse and resilience. So uh, if you're enjoying the content, please join us on Patreon. We will leave a link in the description. Yeah. And it is fun to see the, how far we've come. You mentioned that it was really awkward as we started that initial podcast. Uh, this is a whole new type of awkward because with this podcast, this is the first time we've ever done it with cameras. If you're watching this, you're going, wait, you guys said it was awkward before because you're awkward now. But yes, <laughs> it's because we're not used to doing this with cameras for sure. Yeah. So at least it's much more conversational, like you mentioned. Um, but we're still getting used to how to actually make this like a quality setup and, and how to act in front of a camera as we're having these conversations. I think that our editor, who, by the way, is my sister-in-law, Kenzie, she does a great job and we appreciate her very much. Um she is probably grateful because we finally kicked our butt into gear and said, we need to figure out how to just talk and cut out all the breaks. I think that um, there's probably literally like 1% of the breaks that there used to be in the pauses and all of that. So her editing work has become lighter, though we've replaced it with the video work now. So she's got um, to make the cuts back and forth between us, and we appreciate her for that. Well, hopefully this trend of things just getting better and better in the way that we present this information uh, continues, but maybe it's time for us to just dive in. Let's do it. No more chitter chatter. Right. Cut out the fluff. Yeah, too much of that. Absolutely. So maybe just quickly, let's just remind everyone, let's just step through, we can just list off what the 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 phases or the steps of the framework are. Do you want to start us out that way? Yeah. So the one that we're focusing on today, which is the first one, is um, establish a desired outcome, right? So we'll get into that. The second one was consider the pillars. The third one is consider the variables. Then we're going to do some threat modeling, make a plan of action. And from there, you're going to gain skills, knowledge, assets, right? And then from there, we're going to go into figuring out how we can make it about more than just ourselves, make it a community thing. Spot on. So yeah, let's dive into that first one. We're going to do kind of a deep dive there on how do you go ahead and, and determine what your desired outcome is? Because like we talked about the, the analogy of like building a house or a structure that ends up being the blueprint. If you don't know what your end result, your desired outcome is or what goals you have, really, you're just going to be trying to throw stuff together and it's not going to be very meaningful. If you want to have clear guidance and direction and purpose in what you're doing, you've got to decide what it is you're actually trying to do, right? Yeah, and I think we, we kind of mentioned this last time that it feels like, um, I think a lot of people think that we all have the same goal. We all just want to survive or whatever it is, right? And if you've been in the prepping community for a long time, I think that's how it generally feels. Just want to live for as long as possible, right? And if you haven't really taken some time to look inwardly, to consider, 
our current situation, to consider our future situation, to consider what you want, um, you you might just fall into that sort of um, Hollywood idea of what it's going to be like and what you want to do. Um, but I think really there is um, a large number of different outcomes that one could desire. And if you don't know what it is that you want, um, you're not you're not likely to find it, right? Because of uh, everything else that has to do with the framework, all of the the plan of action and the threat modeling and what we're going to do to gain the skills and knowledge and assets, if you don't know where you want to be by the end, you are going to take a bajillion detours along the way. You're going to go the wrong way. You're going to get lost. You're going to have to backtrack and start over again. And, And the idea is how can we make the most efficient path from where we are to what we want to uh, accomplish in the end. Yeah. And I, th- I think that it's so important to recognize that throughout that everyone's going to have a different desired outcome. You talked about the fact that some people think it well, if things get bad, um, depending on what they are anticipating, uh, maybe I don't even want, like, I don't want to focus now on surviving through that. Like that's just too depressing for me or maybe there's this desired outcome of like i just i just want to live like the yolo life and and just just go all out and enjoy things now and if things get bad later then i'll have to cross that bridge at that point i personally think people uh oftentimes who even think that now might have regrets down the road once they get into that situation um but that's totally up to them, right? If they, if they say, I don't want to spend my time preparing for the future. I just want to focus on the present and just live in the moment and enjoy everything that I'm doing now. That's fine. Others might, like you talked about before, uh, think from a preparation standpoint, it's all about survival. Like everything I'm doing is to make sure I can survive if things get bad. And others might be thinking like, I want to thrive right? Like I want to just, you know, if things, if things kind of go downhill in my life personally, if I lose my job or if I, uh, I don't know, maybe if there's a natural disaster in my local area or if on a macro scale, things get tough and the economy tanks, or we really move deeply into collapse, they might think like, I want to be so prepared that I am going to just like be comfortable I'm going to be able to live with as much luxury as I want in that situation. Or I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be there when the new generation of whatever comes after collapse, right? Like I want to be there for that, or I want my descendants to be there for that, leading the way, guiding the next generations of, of humanity, whatever that looks like. So yeah, there's definitely a range of what a person could want. Yeah. And I think that helps us, you know, it's not until later that we're going to really dive into threat modeling, but I think at least having some idea of what you expect for the future is going to help you determine your desired outcome. Um, You know, we've talked all about these ideas around societal collapse and kind of this just gradual decline in, in the state of things. And if that's what you're expecting, you know, then, then you might know what you want your life to look like in that situation. If you're just thinking of like the big scary things that could happen, a big natural disaster, right? Or a big 
like catastrophe, um, then that's going to help you know, okay, here's what I want myself to, to feel in that situation. What I want my life to be like. So without having to dive too much into like every single threat you could face, just having a general idea of what you expect the future to look like will help you determine that desired outcome. Well, and it's interesting because the threats that, that we'll talk about and the threats that you will want to internalize are going to change based on your desired outcome. Because really what we're talking about is a, what are the threats to accomplishing that desired outcome, right? I think in preparation in general, people think of threats and they immediately just jump to like, okay, the threats in my area are the the climate specific things, right? Or the geopolitical things or whatever that is. And those are very important threats and they will likely play into accomplishing your desired outcome. But depending on what your outcome ends up being, those threats might look very different as well. If your desired outcome um, has to do more with like fulfillment and being happy, then your threats are going to be a little bit different than if it's just purely like survival based. Good. So maybe that leads us towards giving a little more guidance here. Like, let's just say you're tuning into the podcast um, you've been listening and you're treating this as like a step-by-step guide, right? I, like I want to be able to get to a certain state of resilience, preparedness, and this will help me do it. Step one, determining my de- desired outcome. You're thinking to yourself right now, like, well, I don't know, like, sure, I want to live a life of luxury no matter what the situation is. Like, who doesn't want that, right? And and it might be hard for you to really dive in to like what's realistic and what's personal to you. So there's a couple of thought exercises we can do to help us come up with that. And some of these might sound just a little bit cheesy, but but one of them is just this exercise of picturing yourself on your deathbed. And whatever you think that'll look like or however old you think you'll be at that point. But let's just say you know that you are at the end of your life um asking yourself at that point what will i be most proud of or what do i want to be most proud of so that could be something for for person a that could be i want to know that i was like really successful and in my career and and that might be the case for some people that that's really what they want others might say i want to feel like i used my talents in the world like i I created, uh, you know, something really beautiful or inspiring. Others might feel like I want to know that my family always felt loved. Or maybe it's I, I want to know that like I helped as many people as possible. Or whatever it is that you think you would be most proud of on your deathbed. What that allows you to do is to kind of identify what you value. And once you know what you value, right, that's going to help you at least get like one piece of the puzzle in place as you're trying to determine, okay, what do I really want to build my life to look like, um, regardless of whatever comes my way? I think it's a really good exercise. And it's one that I I found myself doing recently, not necessarily even in thinking about resilience. Um, I was just the other day considering um, kind of the opposite. It was more about what am I going to regret? on my deathbed because I just realized I was really stressed and I thought, 
the stuff that I'm stressing about, is this stuff going to be important to me in the future? When I'm like dying, am I going to look back and say, I'm so glad that I spent so much mental energy on stressing over these things. And it struck me that no, like this is dumb. I shouldn't be stressing about this. Not only is it affecting me personally and wasting my time and energy, it's affecting my relationships, right? It's affecting the way that I'm able to treat my children, um, how much attention just actually sitting and listening to them and, and showing them that I'm hearing them because I'm distracted by other things. And I realized I don't want to hit my old age and look back on my children's childhood and say, I wasn't really present because I was so distracted by these other things. Um, so I think both things can be helpful. Fig- figure out what it is that you're going to be really proud of, like you mentioned, and maybe also think about the things that you might regret. Um, and that should help prioritize and, and say, okay, I think I know a little bit better what I want to achieve in my life. Yeah. And I think that's spot on. I think that's a really good way to look at it. And a kind of an additional thought exercise that goes along with what you're saying is like, everyone wants to be happy. Everyone wants to feel positive emotions. Um, but if you think about like things, things like a, a bad situation coming your way that you need to be prepared for, uh, trying to identify what is the negative emotion that I want to feel the least in that situation. So for example, somebody might say like the, the last thing I want to feel, what I would just hate to feel is regret, right? If, if something, if things go downhill and all of a sudden I'm in, I'm in a bad situation, I don't want to feel this regret that I didn't prepare for it. That might be the case for somebody. For somebody else, they might think like the thing that I would hate to feel the most is fear. In that situation, I want to feel some level of like comfort, reassurance, peace of mind. And if you know that that's the negative emotion you're trying to avoid, that's going to help you know what your desired outcome is as well. Or it might be like, um, I want to avoid anger. Like that's the negative emotion that I want to make sure I don't feel when things go bad. Uh, so that, that, that tells me a little bit about how I need to prepare. Or maybe it's just like sadness. I want to make sure if things get bad, I'm not sitting there feeling depressed. Okay, well, then that's going to give you a different course of action than if you're trying to avoid one of those other negative emotions. You know, just this week, I was talking to a friend um, who he was talking about buying some land. We weren't talking about resilience. This just came up naturally. He said, um, we're looking at, at buying some land. I said, how much land do you want? He said, oh, we're looking at something like 10 to 30 acres. I said, oh, cool. What do you want that much land for? He said, I don't want to rely on anything. I don't want to have to go to the grocery store. I don't want to, I want to be able to build something for my family that, that we can kind of be self-sustaining. And first of all, I just thought, man, this is wild that like, this is entering the normal way that people are starting to think, right? Because they're seeing that the system isn't strong. (laughs) It's got its weaknesses, right? Um, and for him, for whatever, you know, whatever his reasons are for believing that, I don't know that he's fully collapse aware, like, like we would describe it, um, whether it's just political issues that he's worried about or, or conflict and things like that, who knows, doesn't matter. We're all on the same path towards trying to become resilient. Anyway, I asked, I, I said, so how do you feel like you're, you are in that camp right now? Like, do you feel like you're, you're somewhat resilient? 
And he said, no. He said, well, I got a lot of guns. He's like, so, you know, if I needed to, like, take what I wanted, I could. And, of course, like, my heart feels sad when people say that because that's the whole type of prepper mentality that we're trying to avoid, right? But the reason I bring this up is because then he said, but I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that guy. I don't want, if I ever needed, if the moment ever came, I don't want to be the person that takes from other people. I want to be able to provide at least for my own, if not for others. And so that just struck me with what you just said about thinking about what do I not want to feel? What emotions do I not want to have if something negative were to happen? And for him, it was, well, right now, here's what I could do to survive, but I don't want to feel the way that that would make me feel if that's how I had to survive. And so that would affect what his desired outcome was and his goals for achieving them. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Yeah, I think it's really helpful to step through that. And I think, I mean, you can sit on the couch and kind of think through uh, your answer to that. But I think actually taking the time to write it down like first, go through the deathbed thought exercise. You know, what would I be most proud of or, or what do I want to be most proud of? What do I want to make sure I don't regret? Then go through that second exercise of, okay, what are the negative emotions I want to make sure I don't ever have to feel, even if things get really bad? Um, and then a third one that kind of relates to the first one we talked about, like I said, this might sound a little bit cheesy, but just think of like your funeral and the eulogy that's given and, and think to yourself, what do you want that to sound like? What do you want people to say about the life that you lived? And the reason that's a little bit different than the kind of deathbed thought exercise is it allows you to think about impact. What kind of impact do you want to have on others? And if you're thinking about, yeah, I want my loved ones or friends or family, or even if it's somebody that I'm, you know, is just an acquaintance that um, has an opportunity to speak at my funeral, what would I want them to say about what I did? Uh, and, and once you've identified what level of impact, you know, we've talked in the past about how there's that target, there's the, there's the bullseye in the center. And then you move outwards of like, you got to prepare yourself uh, be resilient and then move that circle outward. And that allows you to think like how far outside of that do I want to get and what level of depth with each of those circles do I want to impact? And there's no right answer necessarily, right? It's not to say 
oh, like everyone should want at their funeral for the whole town to show up and everyone to say about how great of a guy you were and everything that you did, right? That's not what we're saying. It's that you should decide what you would want. You know, if 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 you feel like you don't, if it's not part of your goal to have this huge impact on a ton of other people, that's something to keep in mind for for what your desired outcome is and, and how you're going to go about accomplishing that. There's nothing wrong with wanting, you know, to keep to yourself and, and, and anything like that. Obviously, the more impact that we have, the better we can make life for other people. But if that's not your desire, we're not ones to, again, judge or say that, that you need to do it a certain way. But thinking about what you want your impact to be will change what you do along the way to make sure that you can make whatever that impact is. Right. And I think, um, you know, we've heard from a number of people that have listened to our previous podcast that, that have told us like, hey, I've gone and joined this community or that community where we are learning to live off the grid and we are becoming ultra resilient, um, at least like physically ultra resilient. And their motive for it is more along the lines of like this moral obligation to not damage the planet more. Like I, I want to make sure I'm not polluting. I'm not just consuming and wasting. Um, and so I've gone and joined this and it's more like a side outcome or, or kind of a cherry on top that it's also making me more resilient. I'm not so dependent on the system and that's fine. Maybe that's the kind of impact that somebody wants to have for somebody else. They might not be as concerned about that. They might feel like, I can't make that big of a difference anyways in, in that regard, or they don't feel that same moral obligation, but I want, you know, my, my closest loved ones to be able to say that I acted, you know, in this way and that way throughout my life, that would make me feel good about the life that I've lived. So anyways, I think each of these thought exercises, taking the time to actually step through them, uh, can really guide you to what what it is you want, what that desired outcome should be. I think it'd be interesting for us maybe to share kind of what we've come up with individually. So Corey, what's, what would you say your desired outcome is? Yeah, I think that's, I think it's a great idea. We can each kind of talk about it, give a little bit of an example of what a desired outcome might be. Um, again, knowing that everybody's is going to be different and there is no right or wrong. Look inside yourself, figure it out what it is that you want that is the starting point. So for me, I haven't gone through all these exercises that you talked about, except for the one the other day that I just happened to to go through for other reasons. Um, but my when I think about my desired outcome, what do I want? Um, for me, it all comes to peace of mind, right? I don't necessarily have this desire to survive through anything because I know that I can't, right? If If there's a comet that comes and wipes out the earth, like there is no surviving that. Um, but with many things in collapse, I know that there are things that I won't be able to necessarily face. What I do want is that when that moment comes where I've been beat, right? Where I have, um, gone outside my, my circumstances are outside what I've been able to prepare myself for. I want to be able to look back feeling confident and guilt-free knowing that I did what was in my power, right? Those who I had stewardship over, my family, those who I was responsible for, 
I did what I was able to do to take care of them. And I didn't sort of shirk that, right? That said, I also feel like there's a really important balance for me in not going too wild with it right now, right? I don't want to stress out right now thinking I have to do every little thing that's possible in my power and every minute of every day has to be spent preparing my family for the future. Um, But I also need to balance that with the stress of knowing that I need to be able to counteract some of the future stresses we're going to feel. So in the end, I guess what I'm saying is I know that one day I will probably suffer. Knowing what the future is going to be like, I'm not getting through it. My family's probably not getting through it um, without being scathed, right? I just want to know that I've done what I can when that moment comes. Um, and I think that will allow me to to feel, I guess, a sense of peace. And I want to feel the peace all along the way that will allow me to enjoy my life. So as I'm going about my life, spending a balanced amount of time and energy on preparation, I can both enjoy the now. You talked about um, being able to enjoy this moment, right? And live in the moment. I want to be able to do that, but without shirking the responsibilities of putting forward effort to be resilient. So that allows me, in my mind, to live my life um, with peace, not having to fear the future, because there's no purpose in fearing what's outside of my control, and I am focusing on what is in my control in that time. I love that. And I think you've done a good job of identifying what's important to you. Like what I'm hearing, what it sounds like is that you feel like an inner responsibility and you want to live up to that, that you feel like if you've done what's reasonably within your power, then like you can, you can rest easy. You can have peace of mind that you, you did what you should have. You lived up to that responsibility without ever going overboard, but at least doing enough. And of course, you know, it doesn't mean that, let's say, however many years or decades into the future, things with the world are really rough, right? Let's say that access to food and all all the resources necessary for life are, are lacking, and there's a general discomfort and suffering, right? Once that gets beyond what I was able to prepare for, there will always be, I'm sure, some nagging, you know, what else could I have done to prevent this for my family, to prevent prevent this for myself, for my community, whatever. But but overall, the desired outcome, the one I'm shooting for, even though I may not obtain it, is to be able to feel like I did do everything that I could do. And um, while that won't stop the physical, the temporal suffering, right, that's being experienced at that time, the mental side of it, I I will hopefully be feeling at some peace. Well, and what a cool thing that you have been able to like what you know you want is peace of mind. And you've also been able to identify here's what it will take for me to feel that peace of mind. And you've been realistic in recognizing like you're not going to avoid all suffering. Um, That's not your goal. Um, But knowing that you've done enough, and that that's your desired outcome, you can see how that will direct everything going forward as we go through all the other steps of the framework. Yeah, excellent. What about you? Yeah, so I tried to step through this and be really thoughtful. And and I actually took the time to write down my thoughts on what my desired outcome is. So I came up with two things. 
One is that I would like my kids to experience a comparable quality of life um, to what I get to experience now. So I think that'll be much harder to achieve in the future. Um, so I wanted to kind of front load that and do the work that I can now to set them up to be able to have basically that's that same the same level of stability that I get to experience right now. So do you mind if I ask? So when you say quality of life and stability, what types of things specifically are you hoping is similar for them as is for you now? Yeah, basically like. I want them to be able to always have food in their pantry. And maybe that's not the same type of food that I have. Right. Um, but like, I don't want them to be in this desperate destitute situation. Um, like I, I'm not like a wealthy individual. I'm not, I'm, I have to think hard about every purchase that I make. And I think that's healthy and that's fine. Um, and I, but I want that to be similar for them and not for them to be just, uh, in an absolute, uh, like to, to be dependent on anybody else or to be in a situation where, uh, they're not able to make ends meet. I don't know if I'm explaining that very well, but, but just, and it doesn't have to be like, I just don't want their life to be twice as hard as mine. Right. <laughs> it can, maybe it's going to be harder, maybe not as hard. But just a comparable quality of life is something that I feel like I can aim toward and I think I can find ways to accomplish for them. Awesome. Um, and then the second one that I noted down is I want to know that I've helped other people to be better off than they would have been without me. And that one's a little more general. Um, but when I think of like what I would feel proud of on my deathbed. And I think about what I would want people to say, uh, in my eulogy, I'm thinking if I've at least left their lives better off than they would have been otherwise, then that's what provides me that kind of peace of mind that you talked about. You know, I've had some, um, role models in my life growing up that I really looked up to who were just always very selfless people, right? always helping somebody else. They were always giving of their time and resources. And I, you know, I remember thinking, I want to be that person. Um, I would want someone in their eulogy to be like, or in my eulogy to be like, wow, like Corey was the guy that was, he was always helping, right? He he was always thinking about other people. <laughs> since that time, since that, uh, that passion in me and I, that goal to become that person, my life has been filled with the things that our lives get filled with as adults, as parents, as, you know, in our careers and all these things. And I, I have failed at becoming that person in, in that I, I'm not good at, at doing a ton of service and giving a ton of my time and, and all this stuff. But I still feel that appreciation for that person. And I still feel every once in a while that desire to just throw away all this stuff, all the, all the, mundane stuff of life and go out and serve people. Right. And I still want to work towards that. And I think what you're talking about here is awesome because it is that idea that like, when it comes to my relationship with other people, am I working on building people up? Am I working on being helpful? Even if I'm not going out of my way and giving of all my time and all my resources, um, will people genuinely remember me as someone who who gave for them. 
Yeah, and and I don't think there's anything that's wrong with somebody that doesn't find that as motivating. But I do know for me, it's personally very motivating. When we talk about the the deathbed kind of thought exercise, most people are probably picturing themselves in like a clean hospital room, you know, surrounded by family. But let's say things in the future happen to get really bad. And like my deathbed situation is in like a barren wasteland and I'm starving to death. Even in that situation, I think I'd like to think that it, for me, it will be very fulfilling if I can end my life knowing like I helped others uh, to to be in a better situation than they would have been otherwise. And the funny thing about this podcast right now, uh, this episode that we're recording, we're recording it before we have even released or published episode one of this podcast. So we, we don't know if this will get much attention or if it will be very helpful to people. We haven't received any feedback yet because we haven't started releasing it yet. But part of the reason why I get so excited about this topic and this podcast and why it's really motivating for us to have these conversations is just to think if there's somebody out there who can step through this framework with us and can end up being more prepared and so that their life is better, like that to me alone is very fulfilling. And look, um, collapse or not, right? Life could just, let's say that life hypothetically gets better from here on out. The same changes that happened from like the 1920s to the 1970s where there was just this boom, you know, everything got better economically and standards of living increased. Let's say that happens over the next 50 or 60 years, right, into our old age. I don't think that's likely, but if, if even if it did happen, um, this step of the process, knowing what you want out of life, knowing where you want to end up, this is applicable to everyone um, in any situation. Knowing what you want um, out of life, if you can really define that, then no matter where you're at in life, no matter what you think the future is like, it gives you a direction that you, it gives you something to hold on to and, um, and, and, and something to build around as you make decisions throughout your life. We're doing it specifically, um, regarding resilience and expecting a more difficult future. Um, but again, I don't think that you can go wrong by trying to come up with an outcome that you want and then working towards it. And you can see why we we go back to that analogy of building like a house or a structure. You get this desired outcome in place. That's your blueprint. That's going to lead us right toward our next conversation. When you when you consider those pillars from like a literal standpoint, thinking of where you're going to put pillars in a structure, you're not you're not going to know where where those are needed how the structural integrity where you need the support load bearing walls yeah if you if you don't have the blueprint so i love that we start with this it's going to lead us perfectly into our next conversation absolutely i look forward to it Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. 
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.